There's a buzzing all around, the sounds of thousands of midges and breakers and lapping, tepid water. Reeds and little brackish pools lay all around. On sunup, the marsh is almost beautiful, but the sunlit waters reveal scum and moss and yet more bugs. Like miniature kingdoms in this swamp world stand the remains of Arnorian forts. There is a statue of one of the old kings, now with moss for a beard cracked and barely enduring the years of midges and new goblin infestation. A short distance from Bree, just south of the Chetwood, just north of the Great Road, are the Midgewater Marshes. When a band of four hobbits and a ranger passed through these marshes, it was not goblins or Nazgul or fell spirits that threatened to munch the well-fed skin from their bones. It was bugs. Lots and lots of nasty midges. What they found, apart from the hungry bugs, was a lot of nothing. Only rushes and a few birds and two nights of nasty discomfort. It was hard going. And what spelled relief for them on the third day? Why the weather hills. In sharp opposition to the gross and unwelcoming marshes stand the smooth stone hills that once served as the border of the great kingdoms. Shooting up from the pools and midges, the hills are welcome and dry sight to weary travelers. Beyond, towering over all of its cousins, is Weathertop in the distance. It's Midgewater and the Weather Hills, and you are listening to Beneath Your Feet. Okay, so Midgewater Marsh, mm-hmm. most exciting place in the Breland if you love bugs. <laughs> you know what is, the thing is, and, and Midgewater Marsh and as well with the sort of the uh, the Western Lonelands, uh-huh. I, I read the books about once a year, once every year and a half. Yeah. And every time that I do, I find myself rolling up another alt. And <laughs> these are the places that stick in my mind the most, both with the movie and with the book. Yeah, is is Mitch, Midgewater Marsh and the Lonelands. And a couple of years ago, I just happened to be reading the Lonelands part while I was going through with my main through the Lonelands and through uh, so oh, through the Western fun. Lonelands and Midgewater Marsh, and it just connected so much. It was amazing, mm-hmm. and I uh, the Hobbit as well. Uh, I had read, and they they mentioned the Lonelands uh, quickly as well in the Hobbits. So. You know, it's it's an amazing connection. I think I wrote the like the longest blog post I had ever written <laughs> at that point about that. Joining me this week is fellow podcaster, Tolkien enthusiast, and overall good dude, Chris from MMOreporter.com. So what, what specifically from the books did you feel connected you to this part of, of the game, to the marshes and the weather hills and that, that border? Well, you know, it was the the description. I can't remember exactly the words, but but I felt... You know, I was just reading the their their movement towards Weathertop, and here I am going in the game, the same thing, and I'm kind of looking around, and all of a sudden Tolkien's words start popping into my mm-hmm. head, and and looking around, and that that sort of panorama was I, I'm, I'm thinking, oh wow, this is this is what uh, this is what uh, Frodo and Sam that this is what they were seeing. Yeah. So it was uh, it really connected me. It was the visual, it was the feel of it, the visual and the feel of it that really got me. Definitely. And and um, the they made it work for the game too because if they did it to more to scale then we would be wandering for days literally yeah. in the game and they did yeah. a really good job of making it 
feel, like you said, um, as if you're there in the lone lands and in the weather hills and in the marshes without it taking, you know, <laughs> days and days to get through like it took them. Well, exactly. And it, you know what? Even even with the, the scale that they went with, it still feels like a horrible slog through a marsh as yeah. you go through there. They really got that feel of it because really, although, you know, I, you were talking about Midgewater Marsh, I, I still don't really love playing in that area but uh-huh. i think that's the point right you shouldn't love it <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't go in there thinking wow i want to live here yeah let me set up a tent yeah <laughs> where's my campfire so do you do you think that that's maybe the part you know you said you love it but you don't love it because you're not supposed to love it do you think that's maybe why you enjoyed that so much in lotro because maybe they i guess they nailed it in that sense it, everybody likes to suffer a little bit right Just a little bit and, and and I think this is suffering that that we go through that makes us feel like we're connected to uh, to Frodo just a little right. bit more. I love the part in the books where uh, Sam says, you know, effectively, what do they eat when they can't get hobbits? <laughs> uh, and they, I think they did a good job with the Neeker Breakers and all the bugs and stuff too, without making it too annoying. Like I think of the old forest in the early builds of the game where the trees would shift and it was like it was just hell trying to get in and out of there. Yeah. Um, and then they changed it to make it more user-friendly, but it's kind of like that uh, with the, the Midgewater in that you do have little bugs that bother you and you do have the Neeker Breakers, but, you know, it's not such a nuisance that you don't want to be there. That's right. In both the Weather Hills and the Midgewater, we hear echoes of ages past. Through its thousand or so years of existence, from the 800s to 1900s of the Third Age, Arthodyne used the Weather Hills as the border of its sister kingdom of Rudhour. As in the wars of antiquity here in the primary world, the border shifted as power swayed between the two when their many wars meant the taking and retaking of Amonsul, or Weathertop, at the end of the range of hills. They are windswept, sparsely treed, and home to many wild animals as carnivores migrated here to feast on the other animals sustained by the short grass. Intertwined with this natural existence are the remains of the many fortresses and walls that were once the front lines of the many skirmishes between the two kingdoms of men. In the northerly part of the hills bordering the North Downs is the Gondrin, one of the few ruins that remain intact. It is a circular arched stone building that remains untouched by the many orcs who have come into these hills after the passing of the hobbits and their pursuit by the Nazgul. As you move westwards, the brown savanna-like coloring of the Lone Lands transitions into the nurtured green grass of the breeze side of the Weather Hills, nourished by the many streams and falls that feed the marshes below. The Martians have ruins of their own as well, a reminder that at one point, perhaps, this was more than just a home for midges. And and, and going through it, and I remember getting to the ruins uh, mm-hmm. in the middle, the, the Marshwater Fort, and uh, and and getting to that area and the whole spider enclave that's yeah. there and thinking, whoa, you know, this is a perfect place. If I was gigantic mutant spiders, this is where I would set up Shaw. Right. <laughs> right. I've got all these bugs that are going to keep all the annoying people out. And, and the ones that get through are going to be good enough to be a good meal. <laughs> right. That's good. So thinking from a spider's <laughs> perspective. That's right. Did you feel like the, the, the you know, the ruins aren't mentioned in the book? Mm hmm. And you, but did you felt that they, they fit pretty well? You know, Turbine is, has done a pretty good job of extrapolating what they can and and uh, expanding upon stuff right. that's not mentioned. And uh, just like uh, you were talking with Golden Star a few episodes uh, ago about Evendim and about sort of the expansion of that zone, I, I feel the same way about, about Midgewater Marsh, mm-hmm. is that 
it's uh, it's it's meant to be this you know horrible start or continuation i guess and i don't know it always feels like the journey kind of started at brie to me at least that's where it really because now it was actually dangerous up until you know except for this whole um old forest stuff but you know you get to brie and this is where you know okay now we've got aragorn now that the the story's really beginning now the the danger is really upon them yeah because the danger because the barrow downs the old forest are horribly dangerous but it feels um a little bit more like a fairy tale and then right. once they get out of there, once they kind of leave Tom Bombadil and they get to Bree and Strider, it starts to feel more like this is getting real. Yeah. As this real as a fantasy get, novel the, can the, get. The bleep <laughs> is getting real now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it, it, it feels like this start to the danger, like this this uh, place that could swallow you whole. Right. And... Uh, it, it, you know, very many of my characters have almost stalled out there, so they have almost been swallowed whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, I recently started playing through with another character, leveling my, you know, whatever millionth alt, and I think that was actually the first place where I, where the character was defeated, um, yeah. where I didn't get the Undying title, but it's because, well, for different reasons, partly because I play like a kamikaze, um, <laughs> but also because, you know, there's, it, it is, you know, as you said, if the journey starts in breathe and Midgewater is kind of really the first danger that you face uh, first coming test. out of there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Test your metal here. There you go. If you can make it through this, you can make it through anything. As Strider and the hobbits leave the marshes and make for Weathertop, it is said that all that day they plodded along until the cold and early evening came down. The land became drier and more barren, but mists and vapors lay behind them on the marshes. A few melancholy birds were piping and wailing, until the round red sun sank slowly into the western shadows. Then an empty silence fell. The hobbits thought of the soft light of sunset, glancing through the cheerful windows of Bag End far away. At the day's end they came to a stream that wandered down from the hills to loose itself in the stagnant marshland, and they went up along its banks while the light lasted. It was already night when at last they halted and made their camp under some stunted alder trees by the shores of the stream. Ahead there loomed now against the dusky sky the bleak and treeless backs of the hills. That night they set a watch, and Strider, it seemed, did not sleep at all. The moon was waxing, and in the early night hours a cold gray light lay on the land. And so they came to the Weather Hills. Um, so you, you go through the marshes, you see the ruins, you fight your way through the, these goblins who are infesting the marshes. Uh, you, 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 get, you, get, you make your way through the Neeker Breakers and the bugs and the, just the water and the slop. And then you reach these hills called the Weather Hills. Um, how well, so we, we talked about how you can kind of see weather top from there and you get the, you lose the claustrophobia of the Midgewater Marsh and you enter into this, this very open uh, lone land. Um, do you, what do you like about that? Is it kind of the relief after coming through the, through the marshes or is it just, um, the fact that you're coming upon some well-known places like Weathertop? It's a visual thing too, right? Because there's that visual effect when you're in the marshes where your visibility is less Mm -hmm. and it's almost like a fog effect. And then you come out and you go up into the weather hills and all of a sudden that that effect fades away yeah and your your visibility is is increased again and it's like oh i can finally breathe like the stench is gone (laughs) and uh and now all of a sudden it's it's you know beautiful it really is is. it's this this almost semi-arid desert like Mm -hmm. landscape almost that uh 
you know, sparse trees and lots of rocks. Yeah, and, it's like uh, as much as uh, as close as you could come to a savanna while trying to keep it make it feel like Europe. Right. Exactly. Um, and uh, and it's just it's it's just feeling of relief. Yeah. That you get coming out of that and up to the weather. And then you see weather top and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's wet. Oh, I have to go there. I have to climb that. Yeah. I don't know how they did it, but somehow, regardless of the graphic setting or the power of your computer, you can still see weather top just about anywhere yeah. in that zone. There, have you found any secret spots or any or know, paths less traveled uh, in Midgewater or in the Weather Hills? You know, it's actually coming down, and this is before they put that um, that uh, that horse path in from the North Bree Fields, right from Cyrodiil's uh, cabin to Candace, right. That cut through uh, that area when you go north a little bit. I think I've probably only ever been there two or three times mm-hmm. ever with any of my characters. It's very well just, hidden. Yeah, I've never ever found a reason to go there, and I think. The first time I really went through there was after they had, had added that horse path, and I went back mm-hmm. with Wardazar, with my main. And although I didn't need any sort of questing there, I still took the horse path because I, I wanted to, to explore and to see this area. Mm-hmm. And it looks really, really cool. Yeah, and it's it does. probably, you know, I, I think I, less than 10% of the population has probably seen it. Yeah. I love spots like that too because yeah. they, it almost feels like your own little, you know, fort or whatever. Right. But yeah, there's, yeah, it's like there's a, a little bit of a ravine and these bridges that go across and these little yeah. channels and things. But here's a suggestion to, to all the low-level players that are uh, that are maybe thinking of going there. There's some pretty high-level mobs in there. So mm-hmm. uh, if you go there, you're probably going to die. <laughs> Just Bring putting it out there, unless you're taking that horse path. Yeah. Have you got any other ideas uh, that might heighten our appreciation of, of these areas? It is amazingly, amazingly rewarding and and uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a, a great sense of satisfaction when you get your sickle fly and Neeker Breaker deeds because you've killed so many of those darn things. You just yes, finally, I've, I've depopulated the marshes. Enough. It really feels satisfying. It really just you know it, maybe it's just you know my need for a murderous rampage, but uh, it just feels great. I I hope that anyone that uh, that that goes through this zone doesn't skip it because it's so easy mm-hmm. with the, mul- the the variety of content that you've got now with skirmishes mm-hmm. with everything that's there that you could skip over it. But there's just something to be said about going through this area and that whole claustrophobic feeling with that mm-hmm. fog effect that they've got that just just makes coming out of it all that much more satisfying. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that everybody uh, goes through it with at least one character. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. This has been Episode 11 of the Beneath Your Feet podcast. An extra special thanks to Chris for heading through the marshes with me this week. Make sure to listen to his many, many high-quality podcasts at MMOReporter.com. If you'd like more information on the Weather Hills and the Midgewater Marshes, along with screenshots and links to this episode's music, check the show notes on my blog at www.LotroBeneathYourFeet.com. From there, you can view old screenshots and episodes, follow on Facebook or Google+, and subscribe on iTunes. 
As always, I'll be announcing the forthcoming episode on the blog next week, so once you hear which lands I will be exploring next, please send any questions, comments, screenshots, poems, songs, recipes, old wives' tales, short stories, anything at all, to shipwreck at lotrobeneathyourfeet.com. Stay tuned, and thank you again for listening. My name is Shipwreck, and we'll see you next time when we go beneath your feet. Scream, man! I got a tiny helmet to have! Scream, scream, man!